AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Movie Mike, a.k.a. Mike Distro, a.k.a. Mike D. And today, I'm breaking down what I think are the top five Disney soundtracks of all time. I'll also play you what I think are the best three songs from these soundtracks and why I picked them. I'll also have a Marvel movie to review. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings just came out over the weekend. Gotta talk about that because I love Marvel. And then in movie news, well, some sad news to report. Looks like movie delays are kind of a thing again. We'll get into a movie that I was really looking forward to that's now not coming out till next year and just kind of talk about what's going on with that, which is weird with box office numbers this weekend. It's a whole thing now, but there's a lot to talk about on this week's episode. Appreciate you being subscribed and downloading and listening to this thing every single week. Really means a lot to me. So without any further ado, let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast. One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. So there are a lot of great Disney songs, but that's not what this list is about. I think to really take a Disney movie to the next level, it has to have an overall just great soundtrack, and I think that requires at least three bangers in a Disney movie. Three memorable songs at least. A lot of Disney movies have maybe one, two memorable songs. But what I did is just kind of break down what I think are the top five just completely well-rounded soundtracks to Disney movies. So I put together this list on what I think are the top five best soundtracks, my three favorite songs from each of the movie, and I kind of based it on what songs are the most original, most memorable, make you want to sing them after the movie. And I also looked into Billboard chart performances because when these songs do get so big, 
They actually sometimes chart on the radio or just in album sales and recently now digitally. So all those things taken into consideration will also give some honorable mentions. But if I don't mention a certain Disney movie, it's not to say that they don't have at least one or two memorable songs. But we're just looking at overall composition and soundtracks that really just go hard. So let's get right into it. At number five, I went with Aladdin. And it's the original Aladdin from 1992. And I think it actually took me seeing the remake that came out in 2019 to really understand how powerful those songs were in that movie. I wasn't the biggest fan of the original when I was a kid. I liked it enough, but I think more so than the actual story of Aladdin, I think I picked apart the songs a little bit more that set out to me. And I kind of, over time, I didn't really go back to watching Aladdin as much. But then when I watched the remake that came out in 2019, I realized how big those songs are and how they kind of came to life again. And that movie felt like a full-on musical to me. Now, I still think the original is the better movie, probably because as a 90s kid, I'm just more gravitated to seeing the 2D animation in a Disney movie. And I'm not the biggest fan of the live-action remakes. I just think overall, the original Aladdin soundtrack, the way those songs are recorded and they are featured in the movie, I just think the original Aladdin soundtrack, the way those songs are featured in the movie, are a lot more powerful than the remake, even though it's a really entertaining watch as well. And not only that, when you break down some of the songs from the movie, A Whole New World is actually the only song from an animated Disney movie to ever go number one on Billboard Hot 100. So what I think are the top three songs from the movie would be Friend Like Me. I'm your friend Come on, whisper what it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. Yes, sir. We and I think that's probably the main reason I enjoy the original more is because of Robin Williams and his performance as the genie. Really took it to another level. One that Will Smith, he was just never going to touch. I'm sorry. He was just never going to get close to that. And Robin Williams is just a treasure when it comes to movies in my childhood. So there's no kind of getting around that. At number two, the second best song would be Arabian Nights. Just a very powerful song kind of sets the stage. And unlike any other song I've ever heard in a Disney movie. And you just can't help to want to sing along to this one. But of course, the best song from Aladdin has to be A Whole New World. It's not that I didn't like the songs remade in the 2019 remake. I just thought they didn't have the exact same power. And listening back to those tracks, you can't deny that the first one just sounded better. At number four on the top Disney soundtrack list, I went with Hercules from 1997. And I feel like Hercules not only has an underrated soundtrack, but I find it to be just an underrated Disney movie altogether. And the idea for them to incorporate gospel music in a Disney movie I feel like really sets it apart. It gives the movie an entirely different feel. And to me, it makes it feel more heroic. And it really kind of brings together and brings to life all the scenes in the movie. And I don't know why more people don't reference Hercules when talking about some of the best Disney movies. I think it's the music in this movie that actually tells the story. And it's because they're done in gospel form. They're able to, through all the lyrics in every song, 
explain what's going on into the movie and perfectly kind of paint every single scene, take it a little bit further. They also saw some commercial success with this soundtrack with Go the Distance by Michael Bolton ended up peaking at number 24 on the Billboard Hot 100 back in 1997. Top three songs from this movie would be at number three, A Star is Born. See, it just had that feel, that gospel feel. Those gang vocals really just bring it to life. Number two from Hercules would be Zero to Hero. As a kid, this soundtrack just made me happy. And then at number one from Hercules would be the more emotional moment of the movie, Go the Distance. Go the distance, I'll be there someday. If I can be strong, I know every mile will be worth my while. I would go most anywhere to feel like I belong. Powerful song to me. And then there's also the Michael Bolton version of that song. chose not to include the versions done by the you know the singers in the credits i just think the most powerful version and memorable is the one actually featured in the movie so i don't even think you need to talk about michael bolton there even though he did a really great job on that song but that's at number four at number three with the best soundtracks i went with moana from 2016 and this movie came out just five years ago and it kind of took me until recently watching it again to realize how triumphant this soundtrack is and i didn't really get this movie when it came out in theaters i went to go watch it and i was maybe i just wasn't in a mood for a musical or maybe i didn't really get how powerful the message of that movie was and what that movie meant to kids at the time that i don't know i just wasn't in the headspace to watch moana and then it was later i kind of realized those songs kind of stuck in my head more and more and then i've rewatched this movie a couple of times since probably more than i rewatched any other disney movie in recent history And I just realized how inspiring it is, how creative the story of Moana is and how much effort by Lin-Manuel Miranda was put into this music. And I feel like Moana was really a breath of fresh air for Disney at the time. And I thought Lin-Manuel Miranda just did a really great job on it. And he was coming off the success of Hamilton and kind of setting out to show that, hey, I'm more than just the Hamilton guy. And I think he really proved it on this soundtrack I mean, if you can get Dwayne Johnson to sing and be convincing, that's why I just have to put him in the top three. And the soundtrack itself actually peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 200. That's the album charts. And it would have gone number one if it wasn't for The weekend that just kind of dominated the charts at this time. And The Rock's version of You're Welcome actually peaked at number three. So what I think are the top three songs from Moana would be at number three, Shiny. I'd rather be shiny. This was just a really cool part of the movie, a really unexpected moment, and this song sounds so different than all the other songs featured in this movie. I just thought this was the funnest part to watch, paired with this song, was perfect. And here they come, come, come to the brightest thing that glitters, mm, fish dinner, I just love free food. And then I mentioned it earlier, The Rock singing You're Welcome. No, it's a lot, the hair, the bod, 
When you're staring at a demigod, what can I say except you won't? That one will get stuck in your head. Tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. Just like a song that makes me feel good. But at number one, the most inspiring song of this soundtrack and one of the most inspiring songs in all of Disney movies would be How Far I'll Go. Be the line with the sun to see it calls me and no one knows how far it goes. This is legit a song that I'll just get stuck in my head, be singing around the house and annoy my wife with. So this is song is a part of my life. No telling how far I'll go. I know everybody on this island. It has that kind of build up, the big chorus. It's great. Everything is by design. So that's at number three. Getting into the top two now. And this next one is a perfect example of a good movie turning into a great movie through the power of music. At number two, I put Tarzan from 1999. Phil Collins went too hard on this one. He did not have to create such a great soundtrack to a movie. And I think overall, the story of Tarzan is pretty good. They weren't doing anything groundbreaking making this Tarzan movie. The animation was nothing special. The voice acting was good, but there was nothing that was all out amazing about this movie. Without the music, it just would have been a good Disney movie, not even included on this list. But paired with the music, it really just took that good movie and elevated it so much more because through the music, you get the emotion. And you're able to kind of identify more with the situations going on with Tarzan. And it kind of gives just power to those scenes where he's learning about himself finding other humans and then realizing this conflict of it being an issue of them being together again when his old family was the gorillas who raised him and now he's kind of torn between these two worlds. So I think that is just all owed to Phil Collins definitely understanding the assignment when it came to making the soundtrack for this movie and it shows with You'll Be In My Heart spent 19 weeks at number one on the Billboard Contemporary chart and not only that that song won best song at the Oscars and the Golden Globes and was even nominated for a Grammy so Critically, this soundtrack did super well. What I think are the top three songs from this movie? At number three would be Two Worlds. At number two would be Strangers Like Me. One of the best songs ever used in a Disney montage was this one. I mean, it just has that oomph to it. Like, listen to that again. The velocity of this track just really brings the movie to life. And then at number one, of course, mentioned it earlier, You'll Be In My Heart. Let's go. So that's at number two, and I'm going to come back, I'll give some honorable mentions, and then reveal what is at number one right after this. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes 
I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back here. Before I get into what I think has the number one best Disney soundtrack, I will give some honorable mentions. I kind of listed these all six through ten of what I thought were contenders. But like I said at the beginning, I felt like all these movies I included needed to have at least three big song moments in the movie. And these other ones have one or two really great songs. But I just think overall, when it comes to the overall soundtrack, they didn't really have what met the criteria for the other one. So at number 10, I went with Frozen. was never really a big Frozen fan. I feel like that one was really just geared towards kids at the time. And I think Let It Go is one of the most overused, overplayed Disney songs of all time, which you can't really hold that against them of how big that song became. But I just kind of associate that with all those YouTube videos that came out at the time of like kids singing into the car, sometimes parents just being annoyed by this song. So I couldn't really put that any higher than that. But I would still put Frozen 1 at number 10. At number 9, I went with The Little Mermaid from 1989. Of course, you got Part of Your World, Under the Sea. Some classics on this one, so definitely deserves a top 10 slot. At number 8, I went with Mulan from 1998, which was a weird thing that they remade Mulan and took out all of the music, which I thought kind of took away from that movie altogether because the soundtrack was a big part of the first one. And it's a perfect example of if you strip out all the music from a movie, it really turns it into an entirely different movie. Without music, Mulan is basically just a war movie. 
So that one comes in at number eight. At number seven, I went with Coco from 2017. Very close to making the top five. But again, I feel like there's only two songs that I really remember from Coco. Un Poco Loco and Remember Me. Great movie, though. And it is a movie entirely based about music, but I just feel like those two songs are the ones I kind of gravitate towards pulling out as big moments. So one that would be close to making the top five. And then at number six, I went with Beauty and the Beast from 1991. Now this one is loaded with a bunch of great songs. And at the core of this movie, it is a musical. And this is one that I felt like really lent itself well to the live action. I think a lot of other people didn't agree with me as liking that one more, but I did feel like it was a cool updated version. So if there was ever a case where I would watch the live action remake versus the original animated one, it would probably only be Beauty and the Beast. I'm also just a huge Emma Watson fan, so it could be that too. But then at number one, the movie that defined my childhood when it came to animated movies and a movie that has no bad song, that it was just hard to pick three that I wanted to feature on this. And the movie is no other than The Lion King from 1994. The song, the movie just had the best team when it came to making the soundtrack from Elton John, Tim Rice, and the score composed by Hans Zimmer, one of the greatest composers when it comes to making movies. And not only that, but it's the biggest selling animated soundtrack ever, with almost 8 million copies of the soundtrack sold in the United States alone. And Can You Feel the Love Tonight was not only a big hit in the United States on the radio, but in tons of other countries. So the soundtrack went international. And this is hard to do, but I picked what I think are the best three songs from The Lion King. At number three, the iconic, The Circle of Life to open the movie. And it's a song that all you have to hear is that opening note to know exactly what movie it is. Yeah, Circle of Life. While it has these big triumphant numbers, it also has the funny songs. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no person craze. It means no worries for the rest of your Hakuna Matata. But then not only that, it has the romantic songs, which I always thought this was a weird scene, even as a kid. When Nala and Simbo are reunited and somehow they fall in love at an instant. And the whole time I was watching this, even as a kid, I'm like, is this really about to happen in a Disney movie? This thing got way too real for a kid. And I also just think this version is a lot better than the Elton John version. because I associated with that scene. So many things to tell her But how to make her see The truth about my past Impossible She'd turn away from me And then as an honorable mention I just can't wait to be king Oh I just can't wait to be king You run a long way to go yet master If you think No one's saying do this Now when I said that No one's saying be so that's the list if you disagree with any of my picks or have another song you wanted to add to some of those movies hit me on twitter or instagram at mike Distro or send me an email at moviemikeD at gmail.com 
Joining me now for a movie review is my wife, Kelsey. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We just went to go see Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. We did. I wasn't expecting this movie to be so good. I wasn't either. So we'll get into our review, but if you haven't seen the trailer for this movie yet, here's just a little bit of that. You are your mother, and whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. So this is a superhero I knew nothing about. And I think the reason I ended up liking this movie so much was that I had pretty low expectations, but also didn't know a whole lot about this world, aside from the fact that it's Marvel's first movie with an Asian lead, which I thought was awesome. And I think what kind of stood out from this movie is that they really embraced Asian culture and that was kind of at the forefront of it. And I think it made the movie feel completely different and unlike any other Marvel movie I've seen, right? I would agree. It almost didn't feel like your typical Marvel movie. I don't think it followed the same formula. I don't think it had the same kind of like overall like this happened, like the overall like action of sequence in the movie don't really feel like it followed that kind of formula, which I thought was refreshing. It reminded me a little bit of Thor with the humor. Yes. And it was... Yeah, it kind of had that Thor humor to where it wasn't so much like cheesy, quick little jokes. It was a little more like Aquafina being funny like she normally is. Aquafina is a gift to this world. And I'm so glad she's in the Marvel Universe now. She fits it perfectly. I love her. So what this movie is about, without ruining anything, Shang-Chi is this martial arts master and basically has to save the world through the power of these Ten Rings. And the action in this movie It's a mix of like martial arts and also just like superhero, like a whole other world. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Black Panther in a way. So what I like that it it wasn't a full on origin story. It kind of takes you right into his world. Here's the situation. Here's what they need to do and gets right into it. It really wastes no time. I think that was a great way to introduce this new character to everybody because I think what kind of gets tiring about new superhero movies and learning about new characters is they have to go through the whole origin story like oh how there's here's how he got his powers here's why he is the way he is you kind of jump right into that world with this movie and then throughout you learn the backstory which i thought was really cool and they haven't really done it before what'd you think about it i thought it was great i went in with zero expectations i did not even watch a trailer i just was along for the ride again i'll pretty much go see anything that you want to see except for scary movies yeah and when it comes to marvel I feel like they're in that place right now where they're going from, you know, into the new phase, introducing new characters. And this one kind of has me excited again. I think I would like to see more of this world and more of this kind of character. And I think just if they're able to keep this same kind of character development when it comes into all these new Marvel movies, I think they're going to be fine. You know, I've been kind of worried of like, okay, we just have Spider-Man now. Like, what else in the Marvel Universe am I really excited for? And I think this is now kind of a breath of fresh air. Reminds me a lot of when Black Panther came out and it introduced this whole kind of world of superheroes that we didn't really know we needed. We didn't really know we wanted. So I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. And also just the action in this movie. Sometimes Marvel movies, they get into kind of a repetitive, like, here's the bad guy fighting the good guy. They take him down. This had a whole other level of it to where it almost mixed in like a little bit of sci-fi. Yeah. Something just like not your typical average villain. I really enjoyed it. I think aside from what we've talked about on this 
review, which we didn't want to spoil a whole lot, but I think also going into it, not knowing a whole lot about it, kind of makes it a little bit better. That's how I go into all movies these days. No reviews, no trailers. You go into it just like that? I don't remember the last time I watched a movie trailer. Honestly. Really? I don't like when I watch a trailer and then like all of the good parts of the movie are in the trailer, which has happened a lot. So yeah. now I just don't watch trailers and I just watch the movie. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to go into this movie. Uh, I don't think we revealed anything that would take away from that experience. I think when people see this movie, maybe you're not completely drawn to want to watch it because you don't know a whole lot about it. But from us seeing it, having those same kind of feelings, like even going into it, I didn't know that I was going to really enjoy it. I didn't know if I was going to like it. I didn't know if it was going to be boring, to be honest. And then within the first, I would say, 20 minutes of the movie, I was completely in. And by the end of it, it kind of gave me that feeling I got maybe back towards like when the originals Avengers came out, like that big kind of triumphant moment of like, oh, like I'm, I'm excited again. I'm hype. I'll watch anything that Marvel puts their name on. I will too, until they disappoint me. Which Except I haven't seen, uh, what's the one that, um, oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Doctor Strange. Yeah, you haven't seen that one. And there is a character from Doctor Strange in this movie. So it is kind of combining all the Marvel movies again. If you had to rate this one, what would you give it? Four and a half out of five BMWs. Oh, no. Pair with my scale. <laughs> BMWs. They didn't get you with the product placement on that. I literally at one point leaned over and I was like, is this movie sponsored by BMW? Now I kind of want a BMW. If you go back and watch some of the Marvel movies, they kind of change in between each one of what car company they're all about. What luxury dealership yeah, they're partnering this with. This one was BMW. I remember it was very prominent in Iron Man, I think three, that they were all about Audis. But yes, it is to the forefront. They are all about BMW in this movie. If I had to rate it, I think I'm right there with you. I give it 4.5 out of five Aquafinas. <laughs> I think she was my... The actress, not the bottle of water. Yes, the actress. We should clarify that if anyone doesn't oh, yes. know who Aquafina is. She is... She's an actress. She's an actress. Comedian. She's amazing. Gave herself that name. Yes, and it's A-W-K-A-F-I-N-A. -A, not like the water. I thought she was hilarious in it. She provided that comic relief that the movie... It really needed like it needed that yeah. kind of person, that kind of sidekick character. She did that perfectly. And Shang-Chi, I thought, was a really kind of different superhero just from how he looked, his powers, how he kind of carried himself and how he kind of carried the entire movie. So I think put all those people together in this movie. It's a hit like it did really well at the box office. I think people are going to enjoy it more. So we recommend it. He was also very attractive. Yes, he was. At one point, he took his shirt off, and even I looked over to you. I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> Yo, I get it. I get it. But yeah, I think solid Marvel movie. And another thing about this, you don't have to watch any other Marvel movie to get this. Yeah, you could just go in not knowing a single thing. It does reference Doctor Strange a little bit because there's another character in there, but... That was it. You, had, you hadn't seen Doctor Strange. You weren't that confused. No. I knew that it was a person from another... Marvel movie because I recognized him. Yeah, so you could watch this one without seeing literally any other Marvel movie and you would get it. It's perfectly self-contained. There's nothing... There's some... I guess there is some references to what happens in Infinity War and Endgame, but I think all the Marvel movies now are going to reference that. It's kind of like a past thing, just as kind of a note to those movies. But I think moving forward, it's not a thing where you have to have seen all of the other Marvel movies. So that's another good thing about this one. Go check it out.
I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into some movie news now. Sad news to report, Paramount has pushed back the release of a few movies that were supposed to come out in 2022, movies I've been waiting for forever. Top Gun Maverick will now come out on March 27, 2022. I'm convinced this movie doesn't exist anymore. We've been waiting for this movie for like over two years now. And I get the idea of wanting to put it out to have the most amount of people want to go and feel comfortable watching the movie, put it out at the right time compared to other movies coming out now. But it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Why not one, two, but three Paramount movies have been delayed, especially when Marvel just had one of the biggest openings of Labor Day weekend of all time. Shang-Chi dominated at the box office over the weekend, making over $70 million. That's the biggest Labor Day opening weekend of all time and the second biggest pandemic opening behind Black Widow. So I get that studios are feeling hesitant to put out their big movies that they spent so much money on. But at this point, we've been waiting for so long. I feel... The hype is going to go down around these movies, and there's a lot of other movies coming out from now and then that we just want to watch these already. And I kind of find myself caring less and less about some of these movies mentioned with each delay that comes now. And I feel like now I'm going to hold them to a much higher standard when I actually get the chance to go see them in theaters. Maybe part of this is Tom Cruise as well, because he's so big about people going to the movies and seeing his movies on the big screen. That's kind of his thing that he's going to 
you know, always preach for and want. Because the other movie delayed by Paramount is Mission Impossible 7, which will now come out on September 30th, 2022. That's over a year away now. But the one to me that hurts the most, I can't even read it right now. <laughs> I was been excited for this movie since it was announced. And I even felt like the release date was closer than I expected, which I was really excited about. But now Jackass Forever is no longer coming out in October. It's now been pushed back to February 4th, 2022. I was so excited to see this. It was the thing I was looking forward to the most in October. But now I have to wait several more months to see that. I just hope no more delays happen. And this is it. I thought I was over talking about delays, but apparently not. And of all those movies, it's just crazy to me how long Top Gun Maverick has been delayed so far. It was supposed to come out on July 12th, 2019. And then it was delayed to June 26, 2020. That went to March 2nd, 2020. It actually got moved up there and then pushed back again. So I can't even keep track anymore. We'll see these movies later eventually. I feel like the move would to be to put all these movies on Paramount+. Plus. The weirdest thing to me, though, is when they just push back movies a week because Ghostbusters Afterlife just got pushed back from November 11th to November 19th. That just makes no sense to me. But also in movie news, the Batman with Robert Pattinson had his first screen testing and it lasted over three hours. And I saw nothing but good things and reviews about the initial screening. Now, when they have these initial screenings, it's kind of to test them out, to show them to audiences and get their reaction. Kind of, you know, the test audience, the litmus test of how good the movie is, what needs to be changed, what scenes kind of get reactions out of people and what things maybe they think aren't working. So it's not going to be three hours when it comes out. They'll definitely chop that down. I assume two and a half, 220 in that range, depending on, you know, how these screenings go. But from what I've seen and the reviews from this screening, it seems like it's a really darker Batman. It's rated R and it has more of what they say is like a horror movie feel, which excites me because if you're going to reimagine Batman now, tell a different story, you kind of have to go the even darker and grittier route than The Dark Knight. And I hear that Robert Pattinson is a really great Batman, so I'm really excited to see this one. It comes out on March 4th, 2022. Another thing I'm excited about coming out in October on Paramount Plus is a documentary on the first Paranormal Activity, and they also announced that a Paranormal Activity prequel will be released in like 2022. And it will be exclusively on Paramount Plus, which I also have, and there's not a whole lot there right now. I wouldn't suggest getting Paramount Plus. The thing I like about it, it does have old 90s Nickelodeon shows, which I grew up on. But as far as movies, they're on the model of 45 days after they're in theaters, they come on Paramount Plus. So as far as new movies, still not a whole lot there. But I actually really like the original Paranormal Activity franchise. I kind of liked and got into that found footage trend that was a thing for a while. And I think Paranormal Activity did it the best. They did that movie for so cheap and made so much money that I will watch this documentary. And I'm also excited to see a prequel. So that'll do it for movie news. That'll do it for this episode. But what I do every single week is give a shout out to one of you who tag me on Instagram, send me a message or email moviemikeD at gmail.com just as a thank you for listening to the podcast. And this week, the shout out is to Rachel Crum. Comes to us from Instagram where she is at the cupcake crum. And Rachel actually tagged me in her Instagram story, a screenshot of her listening to the podcast, the episode with 
Pixar story artist Matthew Lund. She said, catching up on podcasts while I work. I love this interview. Really appreciate that. It also just helps me out when you tag me in your Instagram story because other people see it and maybe they listen to this podcast because of that. So appreciate you for doing that, Rachel. I'm looking for those right now. So if you want a screenshot, if you're listening on the iHeartRadio app or Apple Podcasts or even just like on your car dashboard, I think even the new update on the Apple CarPlay, you can take a screenshot of your dash. So if you do that, tag me in it, post it on your Instagram story. I'll give you a shout out next week. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you had a great long weekend. Hope you have a great rest of your week. And until next Monday, right here on the podcast, I will talk to you later. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.